0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Journal of Clinical Pathways podcast. My name is Zach Bissett, the associate editor of the journal, joined by my colleague Amanda Del Signore, the managing editor of the journal. Today, we speak with Melissa Williams, MPH, the manager of healthcare policy and advocacy at the National Patient Advocate Foundation, or NPAF. Recently, NPAF launched the Can We Talk campaign, to help patients and their families with communication tools for speaking with their doctors. Melissa has been kind enough to give us some of her time to speak on improving patient communication with their doctors as well as the important distinction between patient-centered and person-centered care. So thank you for joining us, Melissa. To begin, what does recent data tell us about the importance of furthering involvement of patients with cancer in their care decisions? How has cancer care and health care in general progressed so far away from keeping patient preferences at the center of clinical decision making?
1: That's a really great question. Our healthcare system has just evolved over time to the point where we are now in which patients don't really think to bring up the things that are truly bothering them. And, you know, at the same time, I think physicians and nurses don't think to ask, you know, about the things that really matter to patients and their families. And I think that evolution is due to a number of things, how physicians are paid, uh, the integration of electronic medical records, patients being conditioned to only talk about their condition. I think all of that has really played a part in our thinking or our forgetting, really, that patients are people too. Um, And you had asked about um, some of the data that's out there that tells us Um, the importance of furthering involvement um, of patients with cancer um, in their care decisions. And so there is some research um, that's out there that shows that shared decision making um, or the benefits of shared decision making are really well documented. Um, And when I say shared decision making, I'm really referring to that collaborative process between patients and clinicians to make shared decisions together. That is taking into account the best scientific evidence that's out there, um, as well as the patient's values, preferences and their current life situation. So we know that when patients have access to resources and tools like decision aids, they have a better understanding of like the options um, that are out there, the possible outcomes. And the risks involved in their treatments, and then they're more likely to make decisions based on what's best for them and their individual circumstances. There's also research that shows that oncologists uh, do not involve patients in care decisions to the extent that patients really desire, and fewer than half of cancer patients tend to disclose their concerns to their physicians. So, you know, we really think that they you know, that that's a problem, and we. We hope that we can try to correct that communication gap.
0: Do you want to briefly explain the National Patient Advocate Foundation's latest initiative, Can We Talk? How have your efforts with Can We Talk attempted to reverse this trend?
1: Sure. Um, I'll have to talk about what we're doing with Can We Talk. Um, so. Can We Talk is National Patient Advocate Foundation's um, latest uh, community education initiative that's designed to help patients discuss the things that matter with the people who matter. So really what that means is, you know, when we've talked with our patients, you know, we often ask them, what what's the source of your greatest distress as it pertains to your health care? Many of the responses that we receive are related to finances, um, transportation to get to their appointments, having a better understanding of their insurance coverage. So much of what's bothering patients is beyond their disease. And so, you know, we think it's important for them to, to discuss these things with their, their doctors, their loved ones, their insurance company, um, their employers. And so our goal with Can We Talk is to help connect patients and healthcare professionals in these conversations that foster shared decision-making and to start building a community demand for person-centered care. To start, we're going out into communities and introducing um, people there to the idea of person-centered care. Um, And what I mean by that is, Talking about um, the things that matter most to the individual, Um, we use a slide and we uh, do do our presentation that looks at both patient-centered care and person-centered care and sort of distinguishes what the difference is between the two of them. So we say that patient-centered care focuses on diagnosis, treatment, physiological side effects, um, the outcomes of the treatment. But person-centered care is more focused on the whole person and that includes the quality of their living, personal side effects from their disease. So again, that talks about how that impacts their employment, um, what they can do every day and the limitations that might be there, as well as their uncertainty, hopes, and fears. So person-centered care really recognizes the patient's health problems as they see them. And so that's the foundation that we lay out um, first with our uh, Can We Talk events that we're doing now into these communities, having people understand what that is, um, and so that they can start recognizing that when they go into their doctor's appointment or just even in talking with their families. And from there, we also talk about the value of their individual stories and how that important, not just in influencing policy, but also communicating with their doctors and their loved ones. And from there, we really hope to build out um, other topics in in this initiative. So we hope to include topics about costs of care, um, how um, patients can comfortably talk about insurance coverage needs, um, access to safety net services, as well as caregiver support from the events that we've held um, and we were just in richmond um, this past thursday uh, we know that the people want this information and that they're motivated to share our message with their networks so that people in their community their families can also experience person-centered care so if that holds we hope that five ten years from now um we hope to see person centered care and shared decision making as the as a status quo in all in all care settings and not just the gold standard.
0: Why are small projects like modules and workshops for patients and caregivers, as well as tear sheets for doctors, so important in Can We Talk's goal of improving communication between patients and doctors? In other words, how did you determine that this on the ground approach or getting out into the community is the best Approach for achieving your goal.
1: I think I mentioned this earlier, and this is pertaining mostly to like developing resources and tools. You know, there's research out there that shows that when patients have access to these things, um, they feel better equipped uh, to make decisions involving their care. Um, You know, they have a better understanding of their options, the outcomes, and the risks. So with that in mind, uh, one of the things that we'd like to see come out of Can We Tap are you know, developing these resources. Now, not necessarily for doctors, um, but more so for patients and caregivers. And so we really envision these resources to be like handheld cars that they can either keep in their wallets or the refrigerator door. Um, there've also been suggestions that maybe this can be posted in doctor's offices. Like some of the resources that we're thinking about are still keeping in mind or with our theme of Can We Talk? We think these resources can be titled, you know, can we talk about costs? Can we talk about insurance coverage? Can we talk about my medical bills? Can we talk about my quality of life? Can we talk about what's, you know, what's bothering me today? Um, we really imagine these resources to be helpful tips or prompts to help patients and caregivers prepare for their doctor's appointment. There are a number of tools out there already and most of them are geared more towards teaching clinicians communication skills, or they're designed to help patients with advanced care planning. Um, but there aren't really many tools out there now that are designed to help patients communicate with their doctors about what matters to them. And so we hope that our being out there, going out into the communities and creating these resources will really help change that.
0: How can clinicians become more involved in the initiative? Do you see the need for clinician buy-in or endorsement as essential to the success of the program?
1: Clinicians are absolutely welcome to attend and participate at our events. Um, just um, in our event in Richmond um, this past Thursday. We had a nephrologist um, in the audience and his insights were really helpful. And we also had a nurse practitioner in the room as well, who's, who also coincidentally was um, is a state delegate in Virginia. So um, it was again, just really great to have those perspectives in the room. But I'd also encourage clinicians and other health professionals to seek out communication skills training on their own. Um, there's a program called Vital Talk that is designed to, to really teach these empathic skills for, um, clinicians. Um, and then there, and then there's also a web portal called the Communication Skills Pathfinder that's designed to connect clinicians to easily accessible, proven communication skills training. Um, and I guess to answer the second part to your question about, um, endorsement from clinicians, from the clinician community, you know, I, I don't think we necessarily need it, um, though obviously it would be nice. Um, I think we see this education initiative that we're doing as necessary for patients to really get the quality care that they deserve. Um, but I think it's important that clinicians um, also recognize that by um, us equipping patients to be more confident in talking about the things that matter, then hopefully it'll make the, you know, the overall physician patient interaction or experience um, more rewarding. Um, I think that's you know that's a key uh, a key outcome we would like to see.
0: I want to also offer you the opportunity to briefly touch on any of the few upcoming Can We Talk events that have you most excited.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, so I think you mentioned yeah we uh, were in we were in Denver this past. April at a conference, but the most recent event we just wrapped up that I mentioned a couple times was um, our event held in Richmond um, and, you know, really seeing the reaction from the participants there. Um, I'm just excited for us to just build on this momentum and to get our message, you know, out there about the importance of person-centered care. So later this year, we're planning to hold events in Memphis tennessee uh, seattle washington and in north carolina Uh, we're thinking maybe either in raleigh or in charlotte uh, or maybe both so um you know if there are uh, clinicians um in in those areas or patients and caregivers too that wanna you know wanna attend you know please please feel free to reach out we would love to to have as many people in the room as we can
0: Melissa, just to wrap it up, are there any closing points you'd like to make about improving patient communication with their doctors or patient-centered care versus person-centered care?
1: Sure. You know, I think you know the last point I really want to make, and I think it's probably the most important: that patients, both patients and clinicians, need to meet in the middle. Um, I think effective communication is really the foundation for trust in any relationship. So it really makes sense that patients and physicians together should learn the skills needed to better communicate with one another. Um you know at the very least we hear all the time that patients want their doctors to listen to them. And we know that when patients feel heard and understood, then they're better prepared to engage in, you know, shared decisions and and care planning involving their treatments and you know as I mentioned that's I think that's the status quo that we want and I think that's also what patients deserve. So I think that's really the last thought I'll leave you with.
0: All right. Thank you, Melissa, for speaking with us today. And we wish you and the program the best of luck.